So for example, when you are in seed stage, right, hmm. your job should be product building hmm. and not product marketing. Now, what I what what I learned about the life of, of an entrepreneur is when you start, you feel that you'll be able to you'll be able to get lucky and you'll be able to get to an outcome in three to four years of your time. Now, either you are very very smart and very lucky that you yeah, get there at the same time. But I would say, you know, build considering that won't happen for you. Sure. So Shri Mandir became this. basic app which had a digital shrine so what you do on the app is you you come and you choose the gods and goddesses that you believe in you say set up my temple the digital temple is done now we give you tools like uh, offering flowers uh, pressing bell uh, listening to some some music and what not mm. now pretty much like trying to give you a daily shrine praying experience user engagement and retention is a crucial but least understood aspect of a growing a successful business we are here to change that hi this is ankur join me as i dive into conversation with the best and brightest minds user engagement to help you navigate the why what and how of this subject hi everyone welcome to yet another conversation on the state of retention marketing today we have here with us prashant sachin a seasoned entrepreneur this is his third venture as i understand uh and it's somebody who has retention uh at the back of his mind pretty much throughout the entire journey of building the product as well as the business great to have you here prashant thank, thank you. you so much for doing thank this thank you so you know very quickly since we spoke about the third venture and you you know you know quickly run us through your journey awesome so i mean uh technically second venture but the third venture the first one that we're talking about is was was a company that i tried to start after my first job which was samsung uh before registering the company i decided to shelve it primarily because we realized the product is not working and it doesn't have proper business viability so i would say that was a stint it did not really add up yeah sure so it's 2.1 <laughs> then yeah um i'll quickly give you my journey right so um i did my btech in mechanical from a state college in kanpur um prior to that my family background is that um, come from a family of farmers uh, near near kanpur there's a, there's a village and so on most of my uncles still are into farming my my dad uh, took up his technical education and went on to work as a technician at hal uh, near this amethi campus um, this is where i grew up um, now a uh, lot of things that i went on or i'm trying to do a uh, lot of these biases or learnings got built while growing up and i and i and i feel that um the place where we grow the kind of people we grow up with um ends up becoming becoming some sort of knowledge moat or people understanding moat and if you are thinking of building something around b2c one set of founders that i've seen is they go back to their roots and try to sound try try to try to solve problems or uh, observations that they have had from that particular life that they had so uh, fairly deep influence that i have had while growing up um uh, seeing uh, things in my village seeing things in my small township and then uh, and then after okay i'll then jump to the next part which is did my uh, btech in mechanical soon after that went on to do my masters in design from from industrial design center at iit bombay now that was an interesting time this was 2012 to 14 um lot of amazing action was happening in the campus back then this was housing tiny old sure. uh, then 
I mean, all of this action was was happening around me uh, in Hostel Five, uh, and 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 uh, uh, I realized that these people, uh, all the people that who who are going on to build these good large companies and making a dent, uh, they, uh, I mean, I I gained this confidence there that hey, I could also do some of this stuff, um, could also build uh, a business of mine and so on, and this whole desire uh, kept getting stronger. I would say. So while at campus, I was thinking of doing something. Did not really materialize. Went on to take up my first job at Samsung. Stayed there for a year. Now Samsung was a very interesting journey, primarily because um, in Samsung I was working on something called as Chat on Messenger. Now Samsung's ambition was to compete with WhatsApp, and they had its uh, Tizen OS uh, that they were uh, launching these low-end phones for India market and whatnot. And their ambition was, hey, can we build something which competes with uh, WhatsApp? now i was part of the team which was supposed to localize this particular product for india market now i was with samsung for almost a year lot of learnings that i picked about how people across tiers use their phones uh, for what kind of apps what they do what they don't do came from that particular experience i would say now soon after samsung i thought i came upon an idea where i thought that hey commerce apps are picking up uh, and there is no way two people can collaborate and buy together so i tried to build a collaboration or chat based platform on top of commerce and where people could buy uh, by sharing links sort of a pinterest board between two people mm. that we could actually exchange ideas and buy together thought of first building it as a b2c product but then thought of building it as a b2b saas tool tried both did not see adoption and that is where my biggest learning around business viability came in mm. you know the idea is great but what percentage of people will use it where does it fit in people's life and what not um then uh wrapped that up went on to work with microsoft um i was with microsoft for al- almost an year was working on cortana and few projects around bing um and this was primarily for the us market now in parallel when i was in microsoft between 2015 to 2016 um i was now thinking of finding a team with whom i can start a journey um and i kept on going back to our it bombay campus um i would say once in every two weeks i and and the desire was to go and stumble upon some uh, young uh, people from from the college with whom i can start this journey and what not and i stumbled upon the team uh, uh and they i've known them for quite some time in the campus and what not and they and and we started and that that's how that evolved into trail sure. now um the journey i i was with trail for almost Four, four and a half years. Hmm. 2016 was when we started that journey. That that the ambition was that India is changing. Geo has come up, and the way people will travel and discover things will change. Hmm. And something like a TripAdvisor was meant for a desktop or web-based com- consumption, and consumption will be entirely different on the phone. So we said, let's build something where uh, a user who is primarily on his phone and wants to discover things that he can do around them, um, how he would. discover things and how he would make decisions so that's how trail started okay um first year of the journey we said that hey to be able to source all of this information we have to get people to create on the platform and uh, and that's when you know the word ugc was not at popular sure. but the intent was hey how do we get people to create on the app and we actually were quite successful there where we got a lot of people to come and create on the app uh, but then we realized that the consumption was a low frequency use case sure and that's when we pivoted to lifestyle as a category mm. and what not 
uh, opened up multiple more categories and and did more things there now i would say 2019 was a very interesting time for me particularly because that was the year when we had massive difficulty with respect to our fundraise back at trail okay um, this was a time when uh, i think lot of companies who were leaders in space around content social video uh, were sort of struggling and we were a smaller company back then so most of the people that we went to uh, for raising our funds were saying no uh, however what i did then was i said hey let me go to the china market because our model was similar to this company called as saihangshu in china and we said let me go there and talk to the vcs uh, who have funded these companies and that point in time chinese money was flowing into india sure so i said let me just go in there and talk to those people and see if i can raise capital there because india it's getting hard and i would say the current thing that i'm doing with respect to absolute bharat hmm. lot of learnings that um i'm applying here came from those few months in china and also a lot of learnings and experiments and mistakes that we did at trail i would say sure um now in when i was in china i learned a few things about that ecosystem which was very mind blowing for me my first learning was um chinese entrepreneurs are non judgmental in many ways and i'll explain what i mean here sure let's say if five of the undergraduates um are graduating from a tier a institute in this country if you ask them what problems they are going to solve they will more or less align towards things which will sound cool okay yeah when so for example sure. let's say if if you would have graduated and i would said ki hey um why don't you solve for let's say x and will will fill in that x uh, which sounds uh unrelatable not so cool uh boring but of course boring of course but but of course would have a massive need versus something which is very cool and what not as young men or young women we would gravitate towards things which are cool i would say whereas a chinese entrepreneur if there is a need there's a there's money to be made there's a market opportunity they are they they go, they go at it and they they would not care much uh about all other aspects i would say sure two i think there was this very very clear clarity with respect to across the ecosystem which with respect to and this is 2019 uh mid with respect to what is the app supposed to do is it a engagement first business if it is app business or it is something where you have to it's it's a transaction first business mm. so as to put it that way now there were very clear benchmarks in their head with respect to what a engagement first business would look like and I was very surprised when I look at people and they used to talk the same language and they used to say ki hey uh, if it is engagement first business high frequency use case because low high frequency apps will eat up the low frequency apps of the same category or adjacent categories sure to retention um I was very surprised when I used to hear from founders there ki hey anything below 15% d30 if it is a high frequency use case um is bad 15 to 20 is a healthy zone 20 plus is a very very good zone for example sure um then for example uh, there was a lot of chatter around how do you become a habit and mm. what kind of elements around gamification what kind of elements around xyz things that you could do to be able to bring in that hmm. so three things essentially was common like i said right would you attribute this to the kind of evolution the chinese uh, market went through in terms of adoption growth of mobile user base network data and all of that is uh, this Yeah so i i think uh, the the learnings have now, by now democratized of course so uh, we have so many good blogs or 
Twitter accounts through which we can learn about China. So I think now that that whole uh, learning that was within the ecosystem, of course, I think that evolution is because of that. Sure. But but uh, I think um, because we have access to that information now, every other ecosystem should evolve. Should evolve now. We should be much faster, right? Not make yes. the same mistakes. Yes. Go on. Yes. So summarizing, right? So engagement first business. They used to identify what kind of usage it is. They used to, even though it's a it's a low frequency usage. I realized everybody was uh, pinned on how do they make it high frequency usage because they understand okay. uh, uninstall is correlated to low frequency usage and whatnot. So, sure. so I think very clear they mm. were with respect to how they approached this. Second part was retention. Third part was habit formation. Mm. And I was like, hey, I came back and I started reimagining Trail in a certain way and I realized that hey, um, uh, there are things that we should change and whatnot. In parallel, you know, I, I started thinking, doing some blue sky thinking with respect to, hey, what are the open categories in India, which haven't seen that um, offline, offline to, to online, online adoption. Mm. And and like I said, right, in China, one one pattern I observed was people used to constantly talk about what is it that Chinese people do hasn't really moved online. Yeah. And, and I started having this, uh, you know, side pursuit. I started thinking that, hey, what is it that hasn't moved online is large enough. And... That's when a lot of things about my background um, started, you know, streaming Amity, back. Right? That's where yes. kind of the story comes together. Yes. So I realized that the kind of family that I come from, uh, we were not really well to do. You know, we were financially struggling at all points in time. Uh, so what I'm trying to say is, um, today when I look back, my family essentially was a representation of what most of the country would look like. The classic Bharat as one would put yes, it. Yes, I would say that way. Yeah. Um, and I realized people constantly need these doses of hope hmm. um, to be able to cope and be fine and 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 be happy and whatnot. Hmm. And that's when I realized that you know devotion is a way of life or spirituality hmm. is a way of life. And when you think of this, everything has moved online, but you would not find a platform which serves the needs of people. So I said this is an interesting category, but of course this category comes with a lot of biases. Sure, which with respect to hey people do twenty things. What, I, what is that one hook, two hooks around which you can build a company or build mm. an app and whatnot. Mm. And that's when I started experimenting, experimenting, experimenting. Now, one of the results that we had was fairly surprising to me and which I further evolved into the Sri Mandir app, as you mm. know today, mm. and around which we are building this company, which is called Absol. Sure. I would say. Yeah. So, very interesting journey in combination of a unique set of learnings and, and the way you put it, this is your moat, so to speak, right? This is because... Of what you learned as your childhood in Amethi, then what you learned in China, then what you put together from your trail experience. All of it is now making Prashant the guy that he is today and all of it is probably going to make apps for Bharat the company that can be. Very interesting. You know, since you mentioned these learnings from China and that seemed to be a function of the evolution of the ecosystem, I would love to relate it back to now your journey at Trell and then what you're doing with apps for Bharat. How retention has become or has been a topic at the yeah. center of your mind yeah. at all times. Because yeah. what we would love to make sure we do in India as well is accelerate this learning curve. Simply because this is a huge opportunity and there's so many entrepreneurs who could do much, much better than what they're doing right now on building meaningful businesses out of this country, right? Yeah. And that's where I would love to zoom in. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I would, I would, um, so I was very functional with respect to building social media, video, content kind of platforms from 2015 to 2020 and even now continue sure. right? So I will, I'll not take a specific example. Think about this whole thing I'm going to talk about comes from observation across a few apps that mm -hmm. we have seen doesn't really uh, uh, point out at a specific company for that matter. 
now um, so for example anyone who was trying to play the social media content uh, sort of or entertainment based proposition for the masses few things were observed now 2016 to 2020 was a time where some of some of the apps actually found massive growth um let's say in in year on year we used to see some app starting and they getting to 2 million 5 million 10 million dau and what not um uh, now what's interesting here for for many of us to observe today is many of those apps are not existing today and and while the whole ecosystem got enamored by that initial growth what we did not look at was whether the people who are coming on the platform they're staying on the platform or not and what they fundamentally missed out was that hey growth is fair but beyond a certain point growth will become difficult let's do some maths right now sure. so for example let's say uh, my retention is poor let's say my retention is poor and my apps retention is poor of course <laughs> <laughs> and and let's say uh, today i'm at 100k dau okay if i'm at 100k dau to be able to retain that number and if my retention is poor i would need to acquire let's say 12 to 15 to 20% of the users on daily basis to be able to, to be able to maintain that grow your dau yes DAU. Hmm. now what would that mean right that would mean to be able to maintain and grow that 100k dau by 50% you would need roughly uh, so let's say 20k 600k so which means uh, let's say 900k installs Hmm. in a in a given month in a month and you will be able to grow that number from 100k to 150k and so on sure so um, for every incremental 50k dau you need 900k new installs yeah, in effect yeah, yeah so 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 and but what happens is if your retention continues to stay poor now do the same maths you'll keep adding at, at at 1 million dau now certainly the, the number of installs you have to get become massive in terms yeah. of volume to be able to maintain that number and further grow and what not and that's when we all observed and this is all in the hindsight now and i'm trying to do the right things while we are building this company mm. we observed this massive death valley between this 5 million 10 million dau number right where okay. companies were able to get there mm. but because their retention numbers were poor they were not able to glide by that particular valley mm. and the weight of acquiring new users every day to be able to maintain that number became so high that that became the point where most of them could not cross it or got plateaued or eventually become redundant and what not would you also say something about uh, their journey to that point becoming too fast or too early for the product maturity slash product fitment yeah. because i mean if your retention was poor then something or the other was missing and that's where that also came in the way of their uh, continuity but but think about this right that's easy in india getting hmm. getting a million installs a month is very very easy in india sure. to a certain point yeah. once you reach 5 to 10 per 5 to 10% penetration of your uh, available user Market. set i would say hmm. then it becomes start becoming difficult so the first hmm. 10% 20% penetration is something which comes easy at a very low cost uh, so hence uh, getting an app to a 400k 500k dau Uh, or a million dau a million and a half 2 million dau becomes easy if you spend money sure uh, and but, and if you just translate that to what kind of marketing spend it would mean it would mean like hey if you have raised 5 to 10 million dollars you'll be able to get there by just by money yeah money. just by money yeah. money yeah i mean the, the dau will be fine i mean obviously without any consideration for retention right now yeah 
will only go so far. Yeah. So, you know, having said this, uh, let's maybe break this down a little bit in terms of watching uh, these metrics as you build this out. So, from the zero to first, uh, let's say, 100k DAU levels, and then from whatever tiers you think we should break this down in, how do you watch these metrics? How do you see the appropriate timelining of these things? Money is a way to squeeze timelines in some yeah. sense, yeah. but uh, some things do take time. The yeah. learning curve of what's working, what's not working will have a certain time window. Yeah. So how do you navigate this journey now that you're doing this uh, with more knowledge? Yeah. So so I think uh, what I got wrong or what many of us got wrong was what is the use of seed money? And then what is the use of series A money? And and often, and this is, I mean, for today's set of people, they might feel, hey, uh, this is the knowledge of the bygone era, but I'll share that. Um, so, Let's say if, if I have raised seed money, my job with that money is to prove that I have a working product. My job is not to show scale, to be able to impress another investor and come and give you series A. So for sure. example, earlier the proposition used to be that, hey, I have, so people used to seek multiples or get a new fundraise. By showing that, hey, I have this, these many DAUs, MAUs and this kind of growth rate. Some indicator of traction. Ha, and give mm. me money. Now, I would say a very, very, and if you're doing that for uh, that stakeholder, don't do that. Primarily because a very, very smart investor would very clearly understand what a seed money is used for. And if you can demonstrate a, a, a very sticky behavior on your app with mm. respect to your users... Uh, even for a smaller set of users, um, let's say 20% of what uh, is considered cool and whatnot, sure, um, you'll be able to attract the right kind of people who will understand what is it that will take for this particular product to be able to take it to the next phase. And they'll also be able to understand that this particular team is uh, understands prioritization, understands the fundamentals of business and whatnot. Now, I'll, I'll break this down for us, right? Yeah, because so, I was going to ask you a lot more about this. Go on. Yeah. So, for example, when you're in seed stage, right, hmm. your job should be product building hmm. and not product marketing. Okay. So, um, I understand that we all should know the GTM through which we can, we can get more users, but I think our focus should entirely be on, I would say, 80-20 and I'm just throwing ballpark will we'll actually sure. change for different different people, right? So, for example, what, what I mean here is that if you are in the early stage, you keep building your product, you acquire your channels from a reliable channel, you acquire your users from a reliable channel mm. where you have a range, an acceptable range of the quality of the users that you keep getting and you keep on evolving your machine. So think so of... So you say quality of users, you're talking about their retention? Or yeah, what's D1s, the for example. Let's say, let's, say, let's, say, let's say if you identify a channel which is giving you a D1 of, let's say, let's assume this, right? 45 to 50%. Mm. Um, you just... Keep tapping that channel without worrying about, hey, how will you grow this? Sure. So, and and let's say once you get this uh, quality of the users into your system, you keep hmm. on evolving your machine or the yeah. product to be able to get to a point where the, I would say the initial activation, initial engagement, midterm engagement and long-term retention for these users is sorted. Sure. And then you start figuring out what could be a GTM. I would or say to scale up this acquisition or scale up this acquisition this or add more channels yes so every incremental channel you bring in has to contribute to the same uh, kind of growth story in yes. terms of the DAUs yes. MAUs the the subsequent parts yes. okay fair yes so I'm saying the 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 in the first part of the company there should be a absolute focus on how do you solve for that machine or that product I would say but you know help me understand this Prashant uh, when you have a lot of investors and uh, 8 out of 10 probably were asking for traction 
and most cases traction is defined by either the number of installs or the DAU hmm. base and if that's a question you encounter 8 out of the 10 times it's quite tempting to then chase that yes. and at the moment you set the quality of the users there's also a temptation to chase the wrong quality of users yes. because it's a good quick growth yes. hack Yes, and that seems to have worked also for a little bit because yes. there are people who have been able to raise with that but what you're saying is as a founder if you're here for a building a business which is meaningful don't fall in that trap Yeah, that's your clear stance I would say do not do that and and of course, right. Um, With a set of caveats, of course. Yeah. No, you you have uh, you have seen things evolve more than more than me, I would say, right? And you have been observing the ecosystem unfold. Now, what I what what I learned about the life of, of an entrepreneur is when you start, you feel that you'll be able to you'll be able to get lucky and you'll be able to get to an outcome in three to four years of your time. And sure. we, we believe, right? Ki, hey, <laughs> we have all kinds of case studies where the company starts working, goes on a hockey stick. Uh, journey and what exit three years in that. Ah, so th- there are there are very very few examples of that. Now either you are very very smart and very lucky that you yeah, get at there at the same time. But I would say, you know, build considering that won't happen for you. Exactly. And what I've realized is if you have taken a problem statement, you have to give at least fifteen to twenty years of your time to be able to make something meaningful out of it mm. and have that long term as well as mid-term view when you are building it, right? So, for example, if you are attracting investors or teammates who are extremely focused on these short-term kicks, it's always going to navigate the company the wrong way. Mm. So, when people come and say, hey, why are you not growing? Put your foot down. Mm. Explain them how, who is your user, why he is using the app, how he is using the app and what can be improved in that how. And explain them if that how gets right, how it is going to benefit the whole company and of course, eventually the investors eventually the value and whatnot. Hmm. So I think that particular communication has to be very, very important. In this company particularly, what I've done is um, I have a amazingly, amazingly supportive board who believes that devotion and spirituality in India or also in the NRI diaspora is a very, very deep need. Hmm. Hasn't been solved. But you can't solve it by having a premature product. And of course, premature or mature essentially is a function of metric and whatnot. evolution. And because we don't have benchmarks in the market, so we have to do our own experiments experiments to get to a point where we say it's working. Hmm. And when we know it's working, we all know this market is ripe for disruption. Sure. But you have to do the right kind of investment and have the right kind of patience to be able to get there. You can't I'm jump going to break it. this down a little bit. You know, yeah. so when you say right kind of investment and right kind of patience, I would love to understand when you look at the series of metrics and you've done multiple products now within this Apps for Bharat Play as well. Each of them have their own PMF journeys, their own target markets and yeah. that, that set of needs and that's that's what you're trying to fulfill. So help me understand the metrics that you've started to watch from day zero to the yeah. first 100k yeah. and yeah. then, you know, the different tiers of it. Yeah. What are the metrics that you definitely want to make sure uh, you have in place before you scale up? Yeah. So, so... Um, I'll quickly give you a journey, right? So, so when we started thinking of devotion as a category, we were not really sure what is that first hook, what what would that product like? Because mm. there are many behaviors which are there in the offline world. When you move it online, what would that be? So we said that, hey, let's look at the behaviors of people. And there, some of them were weekly use cases, some of them were daily use cases. For example, we started thinking about literature, bring all the literature in one place. We started thinking of building a religious calendar and and thought, so, so we actually made these four apps. Sure. Um, and we... Essentially, there were five, but the fifth one was very crude. So, we made these uh, these apps. Hmm. And what we did was we started looking at, ki, hey, these are the behaviors you would want to move online. We started spending 1000 rupees per day 
uh, on Facebook to be get to get those people. So we started okay. getting around 200 installs per day for each one of these apps. And so these about 200 installs. It's about 200 installs. A reasonable yeah, yeah. expectation yeah, at the yeah, early stage. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So 200 installs per day on on so which is like 4,000 spends was done on marketing on hmm. on these products. And what we used to see early to be able to identify which product we should chase was the initial attention, which is D1, D1. D2, D3. Um, so D1 was basically after the installation is the opening it on this immediate next day. Or yeah, not. exactly. Mm-hmm. And then what we also used to do is used to call them back to understand what is the recall of the product. Sure. Um, so are they able to understand the proposition? Mm-hmm. How well are they able to, uh, are they able to, let's say, relate with the, uh, with the position that we have put for the product? And then we, we actually were, were looking for user wow or user love. So, for example, we were saying that whichever product out of all of those things will create a massive wow in the mm. minds of the people. Will and is this that. a data-driven metric or is this a question that you would answer on the phone? So, it's it's reviews, uh, mm. questions that they answer on the phone and also um, their propensity to share the app with their, their loved ones. Mm. So, these three metrics were the ones which we said as was a, a latent or a direct, direct wow assessment, I would say. Okay. Now... Um, one app that came to my surprise amongst all of these experiments was, was this Shri Mandir proposition where we said that, hey, uh, people pray at all points uh, in in their life and they have set up spaces at, where they could. So there are these shrines that they have set up in their homes, in their offices, yeah. and they, they visit them, do a check-in, uh, depending on what is the need that they have and whatnot. And we said, hey, can we bring a digital experience which is which is interesting for them, which gives them more holistic access and whatnot. Hmm. So this this app started showing us this massive wow. Okay. Um, and we like we thought something else will work. Uh, this was something that we were least betting on. Isn't that generally a wise thing to do to be prepared to be surprised by data? I think absolutely. It takes a lot of intellectual honesty to yeah, yeah, be able yeah. to do that. Yeah, yeah. So to be honest, um, I have realized that whatever my biases were, most of them don't work and I've taken that, um, I mean, I've considered that, ki, okay, uh, I'm building for the masses, I might not be the user, so hence mm. I should not force or the people that I've observed might not be the true user. I'm building for, let's say, 100 million people using it every single day. So, they will tell me what they'll use it for. Yeah. And not my people will tell me that what. So, so for example, I would so say let that the hey, heuristics get out of the yes, way. Yes, yes. Hmm. So, with this this app specifically, I was thinking that the users will use it in a certain way. Sure. And I was in many ways very very wrong. Hmm. So you know you you should start with the thesis and a and a bias. I would say so. Sure. All theses are biased. Gets you a starting point, of course. Yes. Hmm. Uh, but be very very open to what people hmm. are saying. So we assume that the other product will work, but we. Then realize that the other one, which is this, had a better recall, better affinity and whatnot. So this is the first part. And this helped us identify that what is that first proposition that we should start building with. Sure. So Sri Mandir became this basic app which had a digital shrine. So what you do on the app is you you come and you choose the gods and goddesses that you believe in. You say set up my temple. The digital temple is done. Now we give you tools like uh, offering flowers, uh, pressing bell. Uh, listening to some some music and whatnot. Mm. Now, pretty much like trying to give you a daily shrine praying experience on yes, your phone. I'm assuming these are all events getting tried. So you're tagging user yeah. behavior. How yeah. many people are offering yeah. classes? Is that yeah. okay? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <clears throat> now 
the initial retention was very very good day 7 tak you will see that people are, are loving class. that loving ha they they loving it but <clears throat> then we realized that the long tail retention was was slightly taking a dip so we say long tail how many days later i mean say, say so for the first for the first phase of the journey let's say the first 6 months we said we would not focus on anything beyond 30 days okay because you know uh, whether they lose it on 6 month or not would essentially be determined by their usage in the first 30 days, 30 days yeah. and so on so i would say no point of looking at what numbers on the long tail would look like my long tail was let's fix the d30 and then 15, we rest will so, so take care of it okay the first phase which was the first couple of months is for day 7 hmm and then it became day 15 and then day, day, day 30 Did you so have on. a point where you thought this is habit forming now because in 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 consumer apps you'll see glue frequency or yeah. some of those metrics yeah. that yeah. this is after the fourth transaction or the fourth time you're offered flowers you now sorted you yes. keep doing yes. it yes yes what was that point for you yes so so <clears throat> i i'll come to that now so <laughs> for example uh, we realized that the long tail or retention which is day 15 the 30 was not standing that well sure. so we said that hey let's go back to the users and ask them what do, what would they need hmm. and our users started telling me hey this app is good but i have more needs we said what are your needs i would want a religious calendar here i would want more music here i would want all the literature and this is like subject of conversations or yes, in subject uh, uh, so basically what we have, what i've done is i in the early phase what i've done is in the menu i have given a i've, I've given a section which said ki hey send your feedback mm-hmm. and that feedback opened up a whatsapp and that whatsapp was mine sure. so uh, people used to send me messages directly and they used to ask me ki hey uh, and i used to have a conversation ki kaise mili aapko app what are you liking what are you not liking and what not so very first hand market research yes and people used to tell me mujhe ye de do mujhe ye de do and so on and what we did was mindlessly we just we just aggregated everything we said user bol raha hai let's bring it let's bring it let's bring no, it no no let's say i mean 10 ne bola 5 ne bola farti bada jo bola ha, so basically no so so let's say if if there's something which let's say out of a sample sample set of 30 users only one has said will not pick it okay. let's say anything 10 20% coverage ha, ha, so should should be bring should be brought in <laughs> when we brought in and we use we give it to the users um and put it all on the on the app all on the home screen and we started getting the same right now from 200 users per day we started getting 500 users per day uh matlab organically ya kharcha karke nahi kharcha karke because we we wanted to understand whether sure scale pe kya ho raha hai scale scale pe kya ho raha hai and then then eventually move to 1000 users per day and so on but this is a very democratic way of building it out which i mean as teams also would say people don't know what they want but in your case people know what they want and they're actually following on what they've responded no so i think for us primarily we did not what i early on realized was i do not know what will mass india accept huh. and uh, that acceptance was the one which led to this particular path sure in some cases the founder might know what he really needs and what his users really mm. really need intuitively it's but it's, that's uncommon no because after the point you guys will want to expand and you, you can understand one tg but as you grow the tgs will keep changing so yeah. unless you're very objective about it it'll always be a problem yeah Yeah. So fair. So now you've understood the part where uh, your D7 retention is the part that needs to be solved for, yeah. and you expanded from 200 to 500 DAUs, and you were still absorbing user feedback. Yeah, that's what we're getting. Uh, yeah, DAUs. Yeah. Oh, so that point in time, the DAUs would be a good 5,000, 6,000, and so I on. Saw, so that incremental basis yeah. Uh, yeah. constantly yeah. changing. Yeah. yeah, fair. So now you have that DAU base, which is what you're solving for, and D7 will automatically improve your DAU to over and yes. install base yes. and all also, yes. right? Okay, so this is your zero to one kind of stage exactly, of growth. Exactly. So now, now you you asked me about habit formation, right? Huh. So what we started also observing was that is there a smart user amongst this particular cohort, which is by himself using the app and exploring all aspects of it. And one metric that we used to look at very deeply was the L L seven and L thirty numbers, for huh. example. So uh, there were certain users in the early phase which were sh- showing us L seven by seven of hundred percent. Sure. For example, um, so so let's say. Um, there were around 8 10% users 
who were using the app on, on all seven days of the week from the time that they were coming on the app and we were identifying their usage patterns. Hmm. And that gave That's us the strange. answer to what is leading to activation. So what are the things that they're doing on the app, which is giving them the aha moment. And then we started replicating that journey through a hmm. lot of our CRM tools. So you started engineering it. Yes. Yes. Okay. So a guy who had a happy journey, you understood that journey and you started orchestrating or enabling that journey for the remaining months. Yes. So they would go through that happy experience. Yes. And you use the word activation. So is this to do with some sort of a payment to the application? What do you mean by activation in this case? No, so this is a free app. Sure. Uh, this is a free app. Uh, so you said payment to that. No, no. no, you said activation is a word. So yeah. I mean, an install is one moment of, yeah. uh, let's say, engagement yeah. with the app. Then the second moment is probably to make an offering or setting yeah, up a yeah. word. So, 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 so activation, what do you mean okay. in this so, case? So by activation, we had some definition back then where we said huh. that the user should do these many actions on the key properties. Right. So where we called as a praying DAU. So we defined different kind of DAUs. Huh. So we said... There's a certain kind of, there's a praying DAU, there's a reading DAU, there's a DAU which which essentially goes on and propagates the app and whatnot. Huh. And we used to define some sort of benchmarks with respect to activities that they have to do. Sure. And, and that's and what it's called activation. Yeah. And for, those. for each one of those journeys, whenever the threshold is called, we used to say that this user has activated now. So for example, let's say praying DAU would mean that, hey, uh, if, a, if a user goes and selects multiple gods and does offering across some of those gods and also, let's say, offer some flower across 30% of that particular range, it's activated DAU. And is this coming from once this user is activated, what kind of retention is he showing or yes, where is this yes. coming from? So it's coming from that only. Okay. Let's say uh, all, the, all the users who showed uh, um, whose L7 by 7 was, uh, so, so let's say that 8%, 9% of the users mm. whose L7 by 7 was like was 100%. Day, huh? Huh. So, so for from there, we used to draw those patterns. But this takes a lot of data work, no? So are you saying that this is a day zero thing that you've had that kind of yes, data system yes, set up, practice, yes, people to yes, understand all of this? Yes. And this is coming from the fact that this is so important to you on the day zero to one stage. Exactly, right? exactly. So I, I think this is this is what my biggest learning is. Hmm. I've realized that your data practice is very, very important from day zero. Hmm. If you are venturing into these territories like ours. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned you're collecting the number of gods he's chosen and the number of times he's made flower offerings and to capture that data itself, half the people don't do it in the day zero. Yeah, yeah. To capture it clean enough to be able to assess it, analyze and process itself is a big deal. Yes. Not, I mean, it's not uh, rocket science anymore thanks to the amount of uh, tools that are available but still uh, interesting yeah. choices made in that sense. Yeah. Okay, awesome. So now we have the zero to one journey where you're very closely watching the L, uh, L7, L15 as well, you said. Hmm. And you have a set of users who are showing a certain behavior. You want the other bunch to also go through the same sort of experience. And that's where your uh, retention components on engagement yes. side of things yes. come in. Yes. So triggered behaviors versus uh, organic opens. Hmm. Would you have a metric that you care about over yeah, there? Yeah, yeah. So, so basically we said that, hey, um, we don't have to be an app which is driven by notifications. Okay. And... Uh, early on the early journey to the late stage journey, the dependence on notification should actually come Reduce. down. Sure. So as of today, twenty four percent of our DAU comes from notification. Okay. Seventy four is seventy four is organic. They, they, seventy six is organic. Is organic. Yes. So they come open the app on their, on own. their own. Wow. Yeah. Seventy six. Yes. And and this is this is something and and you know you are you are able to appreciate this, but what I also understand is not. Not a lot of people are able to understand this because people don't talk about this. Which is the irony, right? I mean, such an important metric and I'm sure you've worked a lot uh, to get to this point yeah. by consciously reducing yeah. the volume yeah. and frequency yeah. of notifications. Yeah. By the way, so, so this, this number of 24% is only is doing festivals. If mm. it is a non-festive period, this number is further 18%. 
So for example, okay. yeah. So 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 let's say if it is if it I is, I might want to debate the other way, but go on. So so okay. So so for example, if it is festivals, uh, lot of user base, you tell them that hey, this is, and that's when we deploy the notifications more aggressively, where we say that hey, this sure. is the this is the information that you should look at and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And hence, you get more click through rates. Sure. But in the non-festive period, uh, we see so we we don't bother our users that much, and we see that hey. people trust us with respect to how we communicate them on the app and what not so so i think for us that that range of 18 for 24, 24% mm. of uh, dau dependence via notification is a is a is a good figure uh, now this number further lessens as you go towards users whose age is a month old two month old three month old and what not so let's say if you look at users who are three month old or so later on the platform somewhere by design no because those are users yes. sticking around who don't need notifications yes. to come back yes. so it's you may never become a part of their habit no but but here's the thing right there are many apps where you would observe a reverse behavior which is orders going to come to right because are you possibly leaving users out in the cold because they've forgotten you and you're not notifying them to bring them back or whatever so you know how does This now live in sync with your uh, need to kind of maintain a certain level of DAU, right? Because there's always going to be that. Uh, you know, you say your uh, D seven was let's say twenty percent, thirty percent. There's always the seventy percent which is not coming back. Yes. So unless you do something to get them back, you know, maybe they've just either you say that okay, it's it's okay for my economics to not bother with the seventy percent, or you say I have to get at least some of these guys back. If you have to get some of these guys back, you have to communicate. So we do that. Huh. We do that. So for example, so okay, so in all of this. what we identified was who are the users for whom this has become a habit sure. we don't bother them so anybody who's showing l7 by 7 at 100% or even 80% or maybe even 60% yeah, so, so, for so, that so for example let's say we have this this activity benchmark where we say hey if a user has opened the app within 7 days we consider them as a as a as an active user or huh. the app is on top of its mind and then we we also define a frequency of usage and what not so we let's say if anyone who has opened the app for so who's dau by wu at whatever age on the platform he is on if it is more than 50% we don't bother them bother them but so, then by definition you're also saying that just the uh, activity on the app itself is enough metric for you you don't care about depth of usage no, the so way I, i'll break it down for you right so uh-huh. for example let's say when when we talk about the 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 whole practice around retargeting the user through notifications or through other channels um we we do not bother as a practice uh, people who are already active so for example sure. if you look at and we we look at users across segments so for example we look at users and how they engage from uh, d0 to 30 and d30 to d60 and so on let's say if you're looking at d60 and beyond hmm. uh, we look at hey bit, bit after let's say when you look at d60 and beyond you would look at users whose uh, whose dau by wu in that particular segment is actually very very healthy Sure. So you don't need to bother them because they are themselves coming on that. That's why I would love to deep dive a little bit because you know at some point you decide to draw a line that this much engagement is enough for me. Yeah. So for instance, somebody who is doing flowers versus somebody who is doing literature might have different behaviors yes. in terms of how frequently they come back. Yes. So would you not want to move people from just doing flowers to also doing literature because that will increase their usage and potentially their retention? Or is this something we have part for a little later or right now on a priority? How do you see this? So I'm not saying that we don't target them. Sure. Huh. But but there are users who actually. Let's say qualify as completely happy zone already, so don't bother yes, them. Yes, so we don't bother them. Which is one percent of the base. So I think that number. Okay, so um, today our L seven by seven is for all users is around sixteen percent. One six. One six. Okay. So this is still pretty healthy. Yeah, it's very healthy. And when you look at L six by seven and L seven by seven, मिलाकर के वो बाईस तेईस परसेंट हो जाता है. Okay. So which means that user is already very very happy with the app. उसको मत छेड़ो. उसको मत छेड़ो. Correct. And then you just nudge them with respect to what is important. Sure. 
uh, let's say if there is something that they are going to miss out and later on regret, you mm. should you should nudge them with that. Mm. For the people who are less, that becomes that, somewhat subjective, and it doesn't have to do with the editorial kind of judgment that you would make here, because the content yes is what yes, is determining yes, what's uh, important, yes, what's not. Yes. And uh, given the scale at which you operate, does it still remain an interval call anymore? Because there will be different things that will be important to different people. So you have to define the journey, then you define mm. what is it that that this particular uh, cohort of users, cohort of users because care there's about. geographies, there is yeah. gods. Yeah. You know, if I'm a Krishna devotee, then probably my set of things are different. Yeah. And yeah. if I'm a yeah. Ganesha devotee, my stories are different. So from a content perspective as well, there'll be a lot of play that yes. will yes. be there, right? Yes. Okay, so now uh, we got from our uh, first month-ish and probably let's say five to 10,000 a day you kind of scale that you mentioned. From then onwards, are the metrics that you track or most you know tightly watched just to establish what one would call PMF, what one would call, uh, you know, that this is ready to scale up, ready to put fuel in the engine as, as the language yeah. you said. At what point did you kind of say, okay, this is now ready to burn uh, or put money on? Fair, fair. So, um, so the phase one was what we mentioned, right? Yeah. And then uh, we started tracking our. Uh, so, so the second phase was look at D thirty week four, hmm. and and depending on. So for some users, it was it has become a daily use case. So for that part, we used to look very very actively at D thirty. For users who are demonstrating a weekly behavior, we 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 look at that cohort on the week four basis. Ki hey, week four has to be forty percent and beyond and whatnot. Sure. So so this is how we looked at this particular part and said once it gets to an acceptable range, hmm. we think we are ready in the first phase of engagement. I would say. So you're saying that this is uh, from your five thousand DAU to what is the scale of DAU by this? Let's say 100k DAU is, is. And you're putting money on the installs to scale that yes, side up, and yes. you're watching this number while yes. you're also watching all these metrics. Yes. This is your build journey, so yes. to speak. Yes. So it's early PMF, so to speak, and then you'll want to have a stable PMF yes. in that sense, and that's yes. where you'll kind of 150 would probably go to a million if yes. if, if yes. it all goes well, yes. right? Okay. So so uh, the second phase was start looking at uh, what is your month three. What is your month six okay. and so on? So basically, uh, for now us, solving for the longer journey as yes, well. Yes, now. Mm-hmm. So now, when you when you understood that, hey, some of the users are loving the app in this particular period. Whoever is loving the app, how they're holding back on the long term? Sure. What is their month six and mm-hmm. month three and whatnot? So mm-hmm. when when we started, then tweaking our journeys around month three, month two, month. So six this would be whatnot. when you were let's say fifty to hundred k or DAU scale yeah. is when you start. So, so I think one fifty to hundred k was when we started yeah. bothering about month three and uh, month six. Month three and month six mm-hmm. is is when we mm-hmm. we were bothering about it, right? Um, I think at this point in time, um, we have realized that for a certain segment, and we have added more things on the app and whatnot. So so still there's a part which is what we have to figure out where uh, we feel that hey the the number of people who are active, getting activated today has to be more. So we are further working on it. And I think we are getting ready for scale at this point in time. But the dilution, I mean, you're not diluting the definition of what's activated. Yeah, yeah. That not, remains that. Yeah, mm. yeah. So, so, the, so all of these things will go in parallel, right? Of so course. there has to be a team which is working on your activation and initial engagement. There has mm. to be a team which is working on mid-term and long-term engagement, what not. Mm. Long-term mm. in our case is month six and beyond, I would say. Month six and month also six, the series say. of aha moments, right? In some sense, because yeah. the guy who's gotten to a certain stage will probably need something to keep him going beyond yeah. that. Yeah. And also since you're ramping up your acquisition side of things, which itself has its own set of variables, the quality of users you get from multiple sources could be different. Yes. And that will automatically yes. have a bearing on your D1 and then yes. obviously everything downstream. Yes. Yes. So how does this interplay play out while you're scaling up and you're watching this? At some point, some engines will make sense to double down on. And how do you kind of do this as an org? And you know, uh, what is who's the team doing this? Who's the team doing that? Sure. How does the interplay? Sure. There's a good team which looks at all of this. Sure. Uh, and and 
how we look at it was this let's say early in the journey our only channel for paid acquisition was was facebook hmm. where we kept on getting users to understand whether these users are staying on the platform and how they're using it and whatnot and beyond that was the organic users and we used to look at their behavior on the app then we further started multiplying channels because we realized that now is the time when we should uh, diversify your paid channels from Facebook to Google to other platforms and whatnot. But this will automatically have some sort of bearing on your cost per install as well and the quality of users. From yes, of course, these. right. So for, you, you would start usually at for the, our kind of market it would start at around four or five rupees hmm. and then it will get to seven, eight, ten. Uh, and, and that's, that's okay. when you have to start. Huh, so, so till that point, it's okay. Hmm. So now I think and that's when, you know, our prioritization framework came into play. We said that, hey, now we're at a point where things we have to solve are growth channels and our GTM. Sure. So, for example, how now do it's you... time to ramp up and yes. ramp up efficiently yes. in that sense? Yes. So, 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 like you said, right? The phase one was making sure the product works for people. Correct. Um, and now is the phase where we are thinking that hey, uh, we have identified a few paid channels, few organic channels. Now is the time to ramp up our organic channels, and we have to make sure that our PLG levers work, where mm. the users who are using the app should get more people on the app sure. and whatnot. So, this is the time where we are obsessive, obsessed about. Hmm. How do we get people who are already loving the app to get more people? So that becomes a priority. And okay. also when you have observed that your organic users are delivering 20-30% better retention rates as compared sure. to organic users. Well, realize, happens, right? I mean, with respect to your paid users, you realize this is a time for you to start scaling because yeah. Yeah. otherwise numbers won't add up. Sure. So, so that's how we are now focusing entirely on that. Uh, you have product which is working with a team which is there's a pod which is focusing on initial engagement and retention and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But in parallel, there's a pod which has been put to be solved for growth. And so, you know, I'm going to break this down a little bit into a few things. One is what's the time scale that uh, whole of this has played out in? Because yeah. usually people can do it in three months. Sometimes people can take three years. In your case, what's the time scale you operated with and what's the ideal time scale according to you? Sure. So this company uh, got functional in February of 2021. I registered it in, yeah, so. Just I, about two years. Just about two years, yes. Huh. Um, the first one year was trying new things and understanding what works and what doesn't. And your first year in DAU was something like? I, I think uh, 100K-ish. So you 100K. got to 100K while figuring all of these things yeah, out. Yeah. It did take some amount of paid acquisition, but you didn't go crazy with it. Yeah. So yeah. you were conscious about how you're scaling. Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, phase two was when uh, we said that, hey, now we understand. Plays. Sorry? The GTM play would start being yes, emotion. Yes. So we said that, hey, the app is working very, very well for a certain uh, people from a certain users. Hmm. And now let's diversify that. So we started building our content team, our, our in-house uh, production capabilities and whatnot. Sure. And then we were we were ready to scale this particular app on multiple languages. So, hmm. so now is a time when we have expanded to uh, around six languages. We'll so be, this would be a little bit to do with increasing depth of users as well as breadth of target audience. No, so so it's it's also about understanding what your market is. Hmm. For example, the app might work beautifully for a Hindi user, Hindi speaking belt user. Sure. Uh, might not work that well for a user who is in Rajasthan or Maharashtra. So you have to understand what is the user need and is the user is it need just the language though. So I think regional biases are the one which are the most important part, right? Sure. They would play differently and they would, and someone else will play, play differently. How do you build that particular? That's what, I mean, you have a lot of those things that change. Yeah. Every time then you're chasing a new PMF and a new growth equation, right? In some Absolutely. Sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so uh, okay, one more side uh, track on the same thing, right? So in the two-year journey, while you're uh, doing this build PMF, figuring out and then GTM scale up, the team configuration, what was it at day zero? How did it evolve? How did you 
what kind of skills do you bring together at what level of seniority what did you personally look after in terms of your everyday dashboards yeah. because that's just you know usually the choices that end up making or breaking the outcome right the first one year we had just one marketer one marketer okay yeah, that's it and his 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 part was only around ki hey here's the budget you get facebook installs facebook installs everything it. else you were watching yes. yourself yes but the growth stream so to speak is that there yet the, yeah now it's there no so, at that point no there was there's no there growth none. team okay? there was none so we said there's just just one person who's getting the paid installs everyone else was obsessively focused on uh what are the users saying what are they liking what are they not liking how do you evolve the product so okay. essentially the entire focus was on the product and its pods and there was just one person marketing team and what not now what happened in in the month and in the content also there was just two people team uh, for the longest time i would say uh, so till till october there were two people team only and then sure. we said ki hey their job was to source content and put it on the app hmm. and what not and But that's that when that's, that's when we understood that hey some part of it is working now it's time to be to to ramp up our uh, marketing or growth team for that matter or the content team for that matter so then we got a uh, we got a leader to uh, head the overall growth and content function because in our case these are correlated so you have to understand sure, the marketing i was also going to ask you about the overlap with engineering and product right yeah. because ultimately growth ends up having a bit of a foot in both sides yeah, so yeah. how's it set up for you right now so so at this point in time um there are so product essentially is, is the one which has different different so there are three uh, areas that we actually have aligned our, our pods on the first one is primarily retention sure. so retention mid term initial long term is the first pod and there are a couple of teams within that and this is at a people who primarily watching the dashboards and probably doing engagement activities yes. that's all their scope yes. is yes. and this engagement uh, does have an overlap with product not as, not as much because you are in app engagements also now that you might want to so, so do, right? all of these so one thing that we have done very very well is the the data exposure amongst the whole team is very very high sure. so even the people in, who are uh, who are uh, creating content have their own dashboard set uh, we use a third party tool to be sure. able to uh, let's say give us that access yeah. so uh, so every so so all the teams work in sync the calls with respect to whether something is working or not whether what experiment we should take is done primarily by the product where sure. they say that hey uh, we are solving for retention one team is looking at one aspect another team is looking at this aspect this is this is the experiment we are going to do they are going to pass on that requirement to other teams and they'll all they'll all work as assembly line and put it together and then whatever results are coming are passed back to them and they keep on improving so this is the this is the reason i ask you this question is as follows yeah. i i have a counterpart in the gaming industry ha huh. right now what happens is when they are acquiring users from some set of channels they tend to have a calculation on the roi of their effectiveness and that roi is a function of how much did this user spend over the next 6 months now they have a sense that okay for this set of channels the d1 or the subsequent roi tends to be poor in order to improve this situation they might as well do a real time intervention to put 50 bucks in the wallet of the user if he has 50 bucks in the wallet he'll come back to play and the rest of the journey looks a little different it's a real time intervention in the first session itself yeah so and this is somewhere or the other product territory but it's also a retention outcome hmm. so who would originate this in your case does this kind of stuff happen very collaboratively between product and marketing because one of the things we tend to see a lot of struggle with is some sort of a turf war between these two teams hmm. i mean uh, and it's 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 common because their ownerships are a little different their mm. orientation their uh, kpis are somewhat different mm. and that's where retention sometimes ends up being a bit of an orphan between these two situations that who really truly owns it especially the introvert experience side of things mm. so how do you solve for it in your okay, so marketing teams uh, job ends at uh, so acquiring in your at, case at at d1 so okay so they are they've gotten good users job done yes mm. the job is done then so the growth team now yeah and then there's a so, so this is the this is the team which is looking at 
acquiring users from multiple channels fair now their job that gets done at d1 now d1 also is a shared metric between the product team and the and the marketing team where let's say uh, if um, so so let's say uh, their job is to constantly improve it where they say ki hey uh, d1 used to be this let me improve it by 10% 20% and what not and and then they, they, their job is to make sure that the the consistent supply of the quality of the users is done so sure. so they they actually keep on talking at all points in time and say ki hey uh if the if the quality of the users is dipping at some point in time they actually Fix pass on that yeah, they say mm. we are passing this information to you you have to do some incremental effort to be able to move that number up so they they work sure. hand in hand mm. now uh the, and that's when there's a separate team which is the crm team for us whose job is to now look at this journey along with the product team to mm. look at from d1 to d7 so there's a team mm. so crm mm. team has different different focus areas of course and and they sure. they track these journeys separately so d1 to 7 they again will work with a in, in close conjunction with the team in the product and who is looking at onboarding and what not and they'll 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 talk to each other mm. too so basically mm. what we have done is we have very clearly defined what are the acceptable metrics and what are not mm. and they have to work together to be able to fix this sure. so the the product and the business metrics are the hero mm. everyone else beat a pm or beat a, a marketer or beat a a crm specialist for us they all work together to be able to get there sorry so you mentioned the growth team and you mentioned some of these functional species yeah. like crm and marketing yeah. and uh, product yeah what is the composition of the growth team and what is the mandate there so because uh, that's an oft abused and confused term i see here all the time hence i'm trying to get a so i would say i would simplify this right huh. growth team is someone whose job is to acquire the users from um, outside of the app environment What do I mean by that is finally you will talk to Abhishek. She will see the complete opposite picture. Her job as a growth leader is to actually work with people who have been acquired to maximize from there. Yeah, so that's so a, that's a PhD team for us. Yeah. So for example, there's a there's a product led growth team, hmm. and there's a there's a I would I would call it external growth team for the whose job is to look at other platforms where the users are. Yeah. You bring them to the app. Sure, sure. So this is this is one team, and their job is primarily around how do you identify paid channels and organic channels. and while well, the economics are good and the quality yes. is still decent yes. sure yes so the, their job is just that yeah. and how do you scale each one of those of course and of course keeping the cost in mind keeping the quality and the cost both in control yes hmm. and within product like i said right this is so retention is one part there's another part which is growth so now growth i would say product led growth for that matter their job is to ensure that whoever is activated hmm um what is the likelihood of them getting more users on the app and what can they do to be mm. able to solve for that product led growth uh so is this some sort of inherent referral engine of some side it, it is referral it is content behavior? sharing it is it is it is things around triggering soft nudges around network effects and what not so so all the job around so for our, our app it was for the longest time it was a single player mode product sure. where i come i engage and my journey is done mm. whatever we have done now is where this particular single player mode user is actually telling people from other platforms or on this app where hey this is how my usage is and there's some interaction which is happening sure. so this team's job is to sh- to ensure that this single player mode product is one telling about this particular app through various communication modes to another fellow friend or yeah. a family member hmm. and nudging them enough so that they also come on the app fair and is this a meaningful part of your acquisition play now yes okay so it is it is ramping up beautifully now hmm. um one point that i wanted to add was like for most of us when we start thinking about referral we just think about acquisition sure whereas when we think about referral we think about the job is half done 
when you acquire a new person hmm. can you also retarget them when they go uh cold so via so, the same route via the same route okay so for us we are trying to blend in acquisition and reactivation to the same to the same route so you're saying that if i'm a, a very regular person and she's my friend but she's not very regular uh i might be able to nudge her to become more regular is yes. that what you're saying yes. because that's the kind of behavior you have yes. offline yes yes very and then you play then you play the whole status seeking humans sort of Hmm. uh sort of dynamics between the people and what not and then you bring them back and what not this is something which is under test right now but we are bring making it live very very soon but is there a sort of reference point to this is this your original thinking where did this emerge from so, and so, how do you see this playing out so so we have seen lot of apps doing each one of these parts do very very well separately okay so for example some of them have done brilliant work around referral some of them do amazing work with respect to the retargeting through so i call it as p2p retargeting which sure. is uh so uh, what we are trying to do is can you make the same platform hmm. so where the the people constantly feel the need of adding more people to people to the network and they also feel the need of reactivating them whenever they go cold on the app so and are these references from india or you have a fair set of reference points from everywhere in the world so i think we have actually so this is something that i do in my past time right i i look at all the apps which which either go viral or have very high uh numbers with respect to retention or engagement and what not i i observe them and i see what are the patterns what that we can learn from and we experiment and we see whether it works for us or not mm. whether that pattern is applicable to our audience or not whether they'll understand that pattern or not so we we keep on doing that this is one thing which i feel is the phase for us where we are now solving for ki hey how do you get your uh, a few million dau or sorry mau to be able to bring more people back on the platform and and lessen your dependence on uh, acquisition sort of things or, yeah So Prashant you mentioned uh, the way you spoke about retention is pretty much a team minus you know 7 day problem for you from what i've understood on the other side we have a lot of companies founders even investors for that matter who probably believe that at a certain point of scale retention might take care of itself and hence they don't really pay that kind of conscious attention to it in early days how do you think about this you know what's their problem how do you see that addressed yeah yeah i think there are different kind of apps and different kind of usages i would say so for example um if your app is mostly used in single player mode and your activated user uh might bring in a user from a circle but will never retarget them to reactivate them it's not a true blue network effect i would say or okay. or for that matter let's say so what i'm saying is network effects are fair and fine but you have to understand whether that particular app does or does not have dynamics of network effects in them hmm so if your numbers are fundamentally broken hmm and they do not work for a certain set of people in in most cases it won't work at scale so you're saying retention can be solved at scale if you had network effects to start with or yes. signs of network effects yes. to start with but if you don't have network effects which are real true blue network effects yeah. then retention will not be suddenly solved so, so my point is is your okay hmm. so i'll 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 further simplify this right so there are two things right one is um if you think of your app and the app economy or let's say app ecosystem for that matter which is users coming to your platform and engaging with it and what not is network effect a function of that particular engagement system hmm. or is it happening outside of that so for example hmm. often people confuse saying that hey uh, as more people will use it my product will be talked about 
amongst people um and that's word of mouth that's word of mouth so and that's, that's not network that's not, yes exactly mm. so so that's the first confusion mm. second confusion is when people come in, into the ecosystem and how they use the app if it doesn't have that um acquisition of a peer and reactivation of a peer and if your peer doesn't fundamentally engage with you in that whole context uh, of the app itself in, in that whole usage mm. then it's it's not a network network effect proposition so mm. in, in so so you have to be honest intellectually honest about whether it's a network effect play or not mm. if it is not then you have to fix retention at the 5000 dau level itself exactly. instead of getting yes. to a million dau yes. level If yes. you don't, then it's slightly going to be dangerous. Yes. Okay, so I was saying that while you have the uh, founders who are operating in a certain fashion, you also have investors to deal with who have expectations around growth, around momentum, around traction, and not always is it measured in terms of retention and those metrics. And the network effects illusion is not just a founder's problem; it's also shared in the ecosystem. So, and you've been working with pretty seasoned investors on that side. So, how do you navigate expectations there? Uh, you mentioned you have a very supportive board. So, how does this whole equation and dynamic play out? Yeah. So I think one thing that we have to be very clear from day zero is what's the end goal, hmm. and what are the baby steps that will get to a path where you can start cruising and whatnot. So, so basically, you have to break your journey for them, and many of them understand what they want to understand is what is your way of building. So I think um, they have seen multiple journeys play out, but it's your company, it's you who is building it along with your team. So hence, you have to play out. the the way in which you are going to build it so for us what we did was we um of course they were able to understand what is uh what could potentially be built here so hence they are with us on this journey but what was also important for me was to was to explain them about my approach on how i would want to build this particular company mm. and what is the time horizon i would on which i would want to build this and and what's the kind of impact i'm looking at and then what i explained them was what's a um as per me this is the way we should approach it where i explained them the the uh, the role shri mandir app is going to play for us to be able to solve for the for the bigger vision that we have hmm. and how that um how that should be approached sure. so i think that conversation happened over many many monthly calls over many many monthly updates and i kept on reinforcing that particular mm. part to them at all points in time that hey why we are doing this and why we are not doing this mm. and i think because they have seen stories on all sides where uh, there were growth stories with leaky buckets there were leaky buckets early on that fixed themselves and what not they have seen all kinds of this right and once and and they they will think in patterns right once you start telling a story and you say hey, this is the approach that i'm going to have they will be able to uh, understand it very very well and of course right uh, uh, and and then they'll second your method of building it so for us i think what we told them was that hey even though there are five people who will come our way here's the approach that they, that we are taking here are the fundamentals around which we are building comp- the company here are the key principles that will not break at any point in time um things around user trust things how around how people perceive the app things about their love on the app and what not things about how we will treat them uh, in this whole process and what not and also other things around it is how we actually defined our key rules on how we would want to play it and then we also explained them what is a important metric and uh, what is it that we should absolutely chase 
and without which it's, it it will all fall out so sure. i think that particular agreement with respect to what is that great stage and what will that look like on all aspects be it qualitative or quantitative helped us uh bring that massive alignment hmm. on how we look at the market and how we would want to crack it i think that communication becomes important and you have to you have to make sure that you do it many many times for them to be able to register it respond to it and and then i think But, yeah takes a lot of conviction on your own part to have uh, to be able to hold that ground for that long and on some or the other you made probably a choice to temper your growth down a little bit because you had access to capital to go from let's say 5000 installs a day to 100000 installs a day but you chose to kind of do it a little more or you know a little more slowly than uh, you might have and that's a conscious choice you made so this is kind of where an investor might wonder you're sitting on capital and you're not growing fast why are you doing this and that's why your conviction is what kind of came into your support and help you navigate this conversation i think they have taken a 8 to 10 year bet and hmm. they would know that uh, when it comes to the growth of the app uh, you build 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 and then there's a period when you just just scale like Lord. crazy yeah, yeah. so yeah. i think uh, many of these people have data points from across the globe and they have seen this particular part of build 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 so they understand where we are uh, and they also understand if things get right this particular part is also going to this happen this is kind of you know you mentioned this part around our uh, previous conversation the hockey stick timing and yeah. when and how the length of the hockey stick is going to be uh, what what seems to happen a lot is you earlier also mentioned around seed funding used for something series a being used for something what we see happening a lot is people with probably you know slightly more than a pre series a trying to chase this hockey stick growth without a real substantial clarity on either pm upon it work effects uh, probably a lot of first time founders probably a lot of investors who feel that retention is solved as a later problem or who have a bit of a mixed picture around network effects what would be your uh, you know key stance to first time founders who are going through this journey trying to build products for india for indians in that sense and then uh, navigating this whole investor product led growth talent supply equation around building a large company out here i think first to market doesn't really matter hmm. in specifically engagement first games um so as long as the company that is playing in the same arena has amazing good product and 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 i would say amazing retention and and whatever comes with it and what not so you don't have to worry till the competitor doesn't have it uh, uh i think um the better product the one which solves for user love user trust and and also has figured out other things around it is eventually going to win uh, but it's i mean is it a winner takes all market to begin with hardly anything in india would be that or would it be uh so you know um specifically with apps like this as long as so, t- so when you start doing the eco- ecosystem play that's when you can actually build moats and moats. others can't enter in hmm. but i think early in the journey there is nothing like moat so moats get built over a period of time obviously yeah and even we all have seen that growth is not a moat in any way right so you go get 10 10 million installs on a given day if a user soon don't retain those users are going to go away and 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 then other company who is having better, better product is going to get those users and and they are going to do better over the next Two to three years and whatnot. So people have, people have to understand that that um, growth comes at a cost, and not all growth is great. And it's not you giving are, you a moat anyway. Yeah, it and growth is not a moat at all. Yeah, I mean a second timer might as well just catch up on your growth if you have bad retention. And you know one of the elements around retention also gets reminded by the fact that most of these apps aren't, aren't going to have the WhatsApp DAU. And you touched upon this in our conversation offline. I would love to delve a little deeper into how do you see the size of the market in India for different kind of categories, and uh, how does that put retention even more importantly uh, in the center of mind? Because ultimately, the time is what it is. Yeah. You know, yeah. these users are not coming back. They're probably going to go elsewhere, or they'll not use your category. Yeah. 
So one, it's a growing market, hmm. but uh, there'll be people who will have 98, 90% penetration to this smartphone user market and some will have 50%, some will have 30% and whatnot. And we have to also understand what are the kind of apps that will have that kind of penetration. Hmm. And, and, and so for example, someone like a WhatsApp, someone like a YouTube are where they are because of uh, one advantage that they had. Advantage could be in product, it could be advantage, could be ecosystem leverage and whatnot. So essentially, those companies are where they are. Hmm. Now, uh, I think uh, a good penetration figure would be 50-60% of where they are. You, you have to look at UPI penetration, you have to look at all of these guys and look at and then benchmark around it. Uh, what you have to understand is that uh, let's, uh, let's say if you acquire 10 million users and you end up using 9 million users, 9 million of them, um, even if you do all the retargeting that there would be, you'll be able to get back another 30% of the user save you've lost. Uh, if Unless until you have massive network effects. For example, mm-hmm. let's say uh, if your app becomes that app which everyone has to have, then only you'll be able to get to a 80-90% uh, penetration of the people who have left the app. Sure. Otherwise, that number essentially... Once they're just, gone, it's gone. If you just stack, keep on stacking them, mm-hmm. uh, you'll realize that uh, your TAM is not as large as it seems. If you are not solving for either the ecosystem or your app becomes absolutely important for people to leverage certain kind of services without which they can't do it, then only you'll be able to to regain them back. Otherwise, you know you have to be mindful of it um, from the not from the very beginning, right? I, I would say the keep the first 10, 20, 30, 10, I, I would say keep the first twenty million people as the uh, as the experimental base where you are uh, doing mistakes, learning, losing them. Uh, but I think beyond that is where we have to get very, very serious. because 20 Shobhaz, million, huh? that's a pretty uh, large audience. Yeah, so I think, of course, right? I think most of the apps in India, if they have raised a seat sum, getting to 5 million, 10 million installs will not be, a, will not be that India big. India is a huge market. Yeah. So I would say that that keep that 20 million uh, install base, the first 20 million install base as a uh, as your experimentation ground. Don't take it to 50 million, I would say. Hmm. Because once you get there, you essentially are left with, so I'm saying some, some apps go on and claim that, hey, I have these many installs. But when you look when you look at their uh, mau to install ratio, that is very very bad. Uh, I think Which if is it probably is probably going to lead you to death alley you mentioned earlier, right? Yes, yes. So essentially, the 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 thing that people should watch out for is what is that company's mau to install ratio mm. if the install base is very very high. Sure. Uh, and and that will give them a sense on ki hey whether there is some headroom left or not. So mm. I would say uh, it's important. Hence, let's say you know I I could rush to twenty million install base. But that's my experimentation ground. So, mm. you know, I would I would rather be more mindful and be once I get to the other end of it, I should really have a working product. Uh, and then I should... You have sorted your PMF and then now it's ready to scale. And at some point, it'll break again. You'll have to fix again yes. because, our, yes. I mean, ultimately, India is still a diverse market. Yes. Very interesting. So, you know, I think the last bit there is uh, probably a question around a viable, enduring, long-term business. And my question would be, is infinite growth necessary or can you actually build a perfectly good, profitable, healthy business Without having to chase those uh, WhatsApp DAUs. Yeah. So, wh- where do you kind of define your aspiration right yes. now? Yes. So, uh, I feel that there are users who are using my app and they're very happy with the product. Now, um, the predominant users, usage is, is is single player with uh, mindfulness around other people from their network using it. But it's not a true blue network effect for that matter. It's, it's, it's more like a Strava for that matter, right? Mm. It's, it's like me, I do my activity. But I also know who else does the activity on the app and whatnot. So essentially, it's 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 like I am mindful about my network, but I might not necessarily interact with them. Sure. Uh, so that's the kind of uh, space we are building. Now, um, now for my user who's using the app, 
his experience is fairly wholesome uh now i should not wait to get to a scale to be able to solve for uh what would be to identify what will be the propensity for this user to pay how much mm. he'll pay and what not so i would say at whatever scale we are in we should build a tight module where we say hey this is not just an app this is a business this is worth scaling and then you start scaling so i think mm. that's the approach that we are taking some mm. people take a different approach but in in our view it's like this we have got to a base where we know that people love the app they trust the app uh, it has become an essential part of their life now next step for us to understand what is the propensity to pay how much will they pay what kind of business it will make so the the evolution from an app to a business is something that that we are in the due course and we are doing that and once you already do it in the business you are at a certain scale of operation and you're already thinking about all these metrics yes. while having solved for retention in user love so it's not something that you postpone for a later problem it's also not something that you believe uh, is going to come in the way of your growth or yeah, it will not the, the coming back to the original question around uh, the tempering of growth and the goals mm. in some sense so are you chasing the whatsapp do you market or where do you see this uh, capping out for you in india and you mentioned something about geography expansion being a play yeah yeah, yeah. so then uh, at some point it becomes inefficient to acquire more users in india yeah. and that's where you will look at the nri audience or no, other so I audiences think, i think it's like this no so for for us what's um so the first phase was identify what people love and this phase is where they love it um would they pay for it once we have those answers we think that this app is a good i would say that hey whatsapp dau is is whatsapp dau but i think um we could get to get that closer to that number primarily because mm. this is a this is a massively large need um and this is being underserved so i would i would say that hey but the journey to that the ramp to that will have to be as a business and not as an app sure you know? so mm. so so and and then we'll we'll figure out in our own way right so maybe a 100 million people using it every single day would be a great place for us to be in because we understand that this is the this is the current offline usage and this should move on the app mm. but the part to get there should not be desperate uh fair i mean that's kind of where the enduring side of it the profitable side of it the sustainable side of it yeah. comes into picture so and and the other part is why we look at users from outside of india primarily because today our product is focusing entirely on india no acquisition was done outside of india yet 4% of our mau came from outside of india it's word of mouth it's word of mouth very interesting and their usage of the app was uh very similar to the indian users sure and we were like hey it's not a new product it's the same product you would open the, yeah. on, the, on the other market so why is it open the door why not by all yeah. means yeah awesome prashant so this is what two years out of the 20 year journey that you have planned for yourself interesting place so far very very calculated educated sophisticated in terms of the thinking that we've heard thank you so much for the time prashant absolutely I'm pretty sure all of this learning is great for a lot of first time entrepreneurs thank you so much